I mean, this is the last stand. You're listening to the unfiltered. Well, I hate to say I told you so. There's nothing to be done besides to get on Twitter and tweet to all my dumbass followers. But I told you so. Hey, I told you so. The controversial. He's a dumbass. He can't do math. He's an idiot. He gets his haircut at Walmart. Look at that shitty haircut. The realest podcast in the Southeast. Let the dogs loose. Let the goons be goons. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. Enough. <laughs> 38 in a row. As in 38 on this point when we were whipping that ass. Ranch gang, stand up. The holy war is upon us. Welcome to Reed's Ranch, the podcast with Seth Hughes. Like, just quit acting like this is any fun at all. Another edition of Reed's Ranch, January 27th. Another undefeated week as the Vols go 2-0. Life is good, still number one. Seth Hughes joins us down in Alabama. Seth Hughes, what's up, my brother? Not much, John. How you doing? Doing good. Doing good. We are trying a new recording software, so if it sounds different, let us know. If it's no good, let us know. But right now, I think it's coming in crystal clear. So let's roll with this. Um, Any big thoughts coming out of this week at all? I was glad to see us play defense again yesterday. Yeah, that was nice. We got extremely, extremely lucky against Vanderbilt. Um, We really, really deserved to lose more so than I thought we deserved to lose against Alabama. Um, If it wasn't for that flagrant one call, which appeared to have been the right call at Mm -hmm. the end of the Vandy game, we don't win that. Everybody knows that. None of that matters. All that matters is that we won. Yesterday, I thought we looked the best we had since the Arkansas first half. Yeah, obviously the beginning to the West Virginia game was a little nerve-wracking whenever they jumped out to a 19-7 to lead. But even when they were hitting their shots, you're just like, okay, these are ridiculous shots. These are yeah. just the, – the, their offense isn't going to work long-term. Yeah, like the, the frustrating thing about the Alabama game was that Petty was wide open for some of them. Uh-huh. And then we locked down on them the last 10 minutes, and then I still felt like Vandy – they hit some they hit some laughable shots, but they had some open looks too. Yesterday, West Virginia was hitting circus shots from guys that don't hit threes. So it was like, yeah, we were down twelve, but I was just like, whatever. It doesn't matter, you know, and we locked down on defense. The offense really didn't play that well. I mean, in the first half, I know we finished on like a was it twenty four to two run or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it, but it, it was, was like, the, it, it was the slowest run ever. Like it was, it was the, just basically like we just they couldn't score and we would get a bucket like once every other trip down the court or something like that. Yeah, it was the slowest. It's, at one point, did we go on like a fifteen to, to O run? Maybe. Yeah, no, I think I, so. that, that was the. I, I texted a buddy and I said, "This is the slowest fifteen O run of all time." I mean, it wasn't like we were lighting it up; we were just locking down on defense, which honestly, like. I was, I was, I don't know about everybody else. I was a million times more concerned about our defense, like a million times more concerned. I think that Admiral will hit shots again. Yeah, he's not gonna, he's not gonna stay in the slump. I think that defense is like the key. And yesterday we finally played defense like we could. I, I don't know what was up with that little two and a half game stretch or whatever, but like 
yesterday I was like, just let Admiral keep shooting it as much as he wants to. I don't care if he misses. I, I do not care. If he wants to shoot a three, let him shoot it. Let him keep shooting it. Let him drive to the basket, get to the foul line. Like, as long as we keep playing good defense, I'm, I'm fine. Like, let Admiral get out of the slump. Like, everybody else is good enough to carry the team against a really bad West Virginia team. So, I thought yesterday was pretty positive. West Virginia sucks. Yeah, they're, they're, they're terrible. Awful. They're awful. They're awful. I mean, they're, they're pitiful. Like, I felt bad. I didn't feel bad because fuck them. Yeah, I mean, you, you had, you've had your run-ins with West Virginia. I didn't feel bad. They sent me a bag of dicks to the radio station. So, no, they can suck mine now. So Sorry for the crudeness on a Sunday morning, but I, I enjoyed beating West Virginia a lot yesterday. Although I didn't I, – I anticipated – I anticipate a couple of them popping back up in my mentions at least before the game or maybe whenever it was 19 to 7, but nary a peep. Nary a peep out of them. Yeah, they're really, really bad. They're really, really bad. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they know that they're awful. So I guess wow. cre- I guess credit to them for just staying in their in their holes and not coming out even when even when it was 19 to 7. Or at least for not bothering me with their pre, you know, their pregame predictions because they they knew what was coming. Yeah, I, Kansas. Should I did be, not. Kansas should be ashamed. Kansas should be ashamed. Like Kansas is in trouble without Azabuki. I. It's hard to believe he made that big of a difference, but then I know they're starting four guards with Lawson, and like Lawson got abused last night by Travis. Uh huh. But but like, so Kansas is, is much much worse. It's if a team does not win the Big Twelve this year, other than Kansas, then it will never happen. I don't I don't think because they are just they are not good right now. Is Texas they, is Texas going to win it? Oh no, they're not. Texas they, Tech, you mean? No, I just mean Texas. They're not going to win because they suck. Oh, you hate to see it. Oh, you hate to see it. I mean, imagine giving up ninety eight points to Georgia. My God. Georgia was in control that the whole time I watched. Like I didn't watch any of it. it. Like the second half, it never even seemed like there was even an idea. Like the the idea never even floated in my mind that Texas was going to win that game. I mean, Georgia scored ninety eight points, man. Like, you know, like they're going to be better just because Kareen's a pretty good coach. I mean, they'll um, be they'll be respectable. They'll be respectable again. In basketball, eventually, um, I, I, well, I say I, I say again. I don't know when the last time they really were. But shout out to Sunday out of Gaines. Sunday out of Gaines, you know. I mean, Mark Fox always underachieved. I thought, like, I, they're going to be respectable or whatever. Like, I I do not understand what the deal with Shaka Smart is. To me, it is still. Unbel- like it, it's still mind blowing to me that that he's not gonna be good. I mean, they're eleven and nine. It's his fourth. No, year. yeah, they, they're they're shitty. They are shitty. I if there's anything like if there's one thing that like shows you how hard it is to hire coaches, and even when you think that you've got that guy, you really never know. I think everyone would have bet money that Shaka Smart would, would would really tear it up it, at Texas. It was weird, man, because he 
you know, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, and we know that he's not that good now, and we know that he's not working at a big job where they, you know, they they, they should be winning. But it was strange, like he kept staying at VCU and wasn't really recreating that success. Like they had, you know, not fallen off, but had kind of come back to the pack. Yet he was still seen as as just this huge name, even after you know, kind of proving that he wasn't among the absolute elite. And then he goes there. Yeah, I never thought he would be this this bad there. I mean, I, I, w- I will say this, like, you know, he, he never recreated the Final Four, okay? But the four years after the Final Four, he never won less than 26 games. Yeah. Like, he went 29-7, and 27-9, and 26-9, 26-10. and Like, he won a ton of of games and like you can't like to me the the if you're gonna hire a guy from a mid-major and I know it's tough to say like VCU is not really a true mid-major at that point but like you never want like to me like Mike White had a red flag because he could never win the conference tournament they never even made the NCAA tournament he would win the conference regular season every year but he would never win the tournament now Shaka Smart was making the NCAA tournament every year, and five out of those years, he won one game in the NCAA tournament. Like, yes, he never recreated the Final Four, but he was having postseason success. It's just mind-blowing to me, and that that includes he jumped up into a better conference after his third year at VCU. He jumped into the A-10 from the Colonial Athletic, like, yeah, and I guess I, I guess that's probably why they didn't win their conference tournament those two years, the first two years in the A ten, a little bit higher competition, and then he, and then he won it his third year, and then went to the tournament. He came in he came in in three years in the A ten. He came in second twice and fourth once. The year he came in fourth, he still won twenty six games. I mean, whatever. Like he didn't. The crazy thing is that he didn't even win the Colonial Athletic any year that he made the NCAA tournament at VCU. The year he went to the Final Four, he finished fourth in the Colonial Athletic in the regular season. I don't know. I guess they won the conference tournament. I don't really know. Um, no, they lost in the conference tournament and got an at-large bid. Which oh, They were a play-in game, weren't they? So, I mean, he's never won the conference in a regular season, which is kind of, that's like iffy. You know, you would think if you're this good, you could win the conference one time. But he always made the NCAA tournament. And he always won a ton of games, and then at Texas, he has just sucked. Yeah, he's sixty-one oh, yeah, and fifty-nine at Texas. It's been bad, and I don't think anybody saw that coming. His best year was the year you know he first took over, and you had some of, I guess Rick Barnes's players still there, and they went to the first round of the NCAA tournament. So they didn't exactly light it up. They went twenty and thirteen. Um, I went through and looked at their like at their recruiting rankings. I mean, he has absolutely torn it up in recruiting. But still can't win. And still cannot win. Same with Mike White. Mike White has absolutely put the pedal to the metal at recruiting in recruiting at Florida. And and can't win anything. I mean, I how much longer is Florida gonna put up with him? Like You we, would think. You would think after losing to TCU yesterday, like whatever, TCU's you know, Jamie Dixon is fine. You know, they were pretty good a couple of years ago. I don't know if TCU is any good this year, 
But Florida's sitting at what, 11 and 8? I think so. 11 and 8. That feels like they're going to have to really rally. And here's the problem, man. If you're a Florida fan, which we got a couple of Florida fans who listen, but have you, here's their next four games. I was just looking at that, dude. That is that is a gauntlet. You're 11 and 8, and you play Mississippi, Kentucky, at Auburn, at Tennessee. That's pretty tough. That feels like one and three at best. Like maybe you beat Mississippi, but the way Kentucky's playing, I don't think you're going to beat Kentucky. I mean, I hope you beat Kentucky. It'd be nice if you could help us out and beat Kentucky. Yeah. At Auburn, at Tennessee. That's uh, that's pretty brutal. I was going to say, like, I really do wish, like, we should want Mike, we should want Florida outside of the uh, February 9th game at UT. We should want Mike White to start winning some of these games because we want him to stay at Florida. We want Florida to keep him. Like, we want him to do enough to keep his job. And we really want them to beat Kentucky. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we need Kentucky to start getting a couple losses here and there. You know, and at least two of these games of their next four are are at home. But then, I mean, even after that four-game stretch, they kind of got – they have a little lull. They play Vandy, but then they go at Alabama and at LSU. And Alabama – and. Alabama's not bad. They were in Lenardi's last four in in his last bracket, and then LSU they, we, was good. They lost yesterday, so they're probably going to flip to being one of the first four out again, but they're going to be right on the bubble all year. Who'd they lose to? Baylor. Baylor, okay, yeah. At Baylor. Yeah. Um, TCU's pretty good. Like That's not a terrible loss for Florida. The problem is, is that you don't beat anybody else. Florida's probably going to be one of those teams that is like 18 and 13 and probably still gets in the tournament. Like they'll probably still have enough of a a resume. Although we said they had what eight losses, so yeah. This next four stretch could bury them. This I would next say, four I would could say bury them. At, at 18 and 13 they do get in. Yeah. The problem is like it's hard to see them only losing five more games like you said. Yeah. I would have I would have thought I don't know what big names are out there for them to go higher if they do make a higher, but I, I do think we should be pretty happy with uh, Mike White being at Florida. Like he's not a threat. No, we don't want them to go upgrade. I don't know who they would get. Prior to this year, I would have thought it would have made sense for both sides just to come back together and them to hire Billy Donovan. But, but he's doing really good, isn't he? Yeah, they're doing really good this year. Like Paul George stayed, and they've been really good this year. They're they're currently third in the West and. West, that's without Westbrook being awesome this year. I mean, he's been fine, but it's really Paul George. And they just have a pretty good roster, and they play really tough defense. So Billy Donovan settled in. Like It feels like he's going to survive as an NBA coach. So I don't know who the hell they go hire if they're Florida. And they might not fire him. I mean, he made the Elite Eight two years ago. He made it to the round of 32 last year before they that was lost his first, it. That was his first year, right? No, his first year they made the NIT. Okay. His okay. second year, they made the Elite Eight. Last year, they made the round of 32 and lost a really, really close game to Texas Tech, who ended up going to the Elite Eight. Mm-hmm. And then this year, they kind of just... But, like, last year, I remember, like... I remember when I was, like, just them last year, like, they always... You always just kept waiting for them to be good. You just kept waiting for them to be good, and it was like they never really got good. Yeah. You know? I you mean, they were okay last year. Yeah, they were just... I mean... I. I, they only played Tennessee once, I guess, last year, and we beat them at home. Um, 
but you just kind of kept waiting for them to be good. And then the SEC tournament came. They lost to Arkansas in the first game of the, of the SEC tournament. They lost in the second round um, against Texas Tech as a sixth seed. I mean, you know, we should want Mike White to stay. We need them to uh, win a couple of these games. Be nice if they. Yeah. Be nice if they could beat uh, Kentucky. Be nice if they could that beat Kentucky. Be. It feels like this is a a three team race <clears throat> in in the SEC right now. Correct, like between yeah. LSU, Kentucky, and Tennessee. Like yeah. I don't think LSU is on the par of these of of Tennessee and Kentucky. But if you look at their schedule, they don't really play the toughest SEC schedule. No, it's 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 kind of it's unfortunate. I mean, like they only have to play Tennessee they, once, and it's at LSU. Um, they only play Kentucky. once. They do have to go to Kentucky, but they only play Kentucky once. I want to say, do they only play Auburn once as well? I want to see. They only play Auburn once. They play Auburn once at home. So, like, yeah, they they uh, have a pretty good setup now. They should have lost yesterday. That collapse from Missouri I mean, and, and Conzo Martin is about as bad as it can get. It's about as bad as it can get. They were up 14 yeah, with mean, two minutes and 15 seconds left. I put my phone away. I was charging my phone. We were watching uh, the Sopranos and some NXT wrestling. I go get my phone, and I have a text message from you that just says, Conzo! And I was like, wait a second. They lost? And you're like, yeah, buddy, they blew it. I mean, I, when I put my phone away, like, they were like double digits with like four minutes left. I'm trying to find the exact moment on the win probability right now that I see. It was probably you. when it was a two, it was a 14 point game with two minutes and 15 seconds left. I mean, it, it was, they were Missouri at two minutes and 14 seconds left. Missouri was up 70 to 56. Yeah. And the win probability was 99.7. They were Hillary Clinton in the election. Like, and as funny as it was, like, it sucked because we needed LSU to lose. Yeah, yeah no, we definitely, like, I, I don't want to root for Missouri. I don't want to root for Conzo, but it would have been nice. I wouldn't have been mad had they uh, beaten LSU. And... A part of me is at least a little happy because I am I am a big Will Wade fan. I do want Will Wade to succeed, but at a certain point, like I need them to be shooting for third place in the SEC, not for the uh, conference championship. Yeah, I mean, like it, at some point, you know, it's kind of just like, come on, these guys aren't up to our caliber, right. and they're six and oh two. You know, I mean, th- like I. I I'm not hating on them. Like last night, they didn't deserve to win, but they won, and that is all that matters. And you can say the la- you can say the same exact thing for Tennessee's last two SEC games. But I mean, they they lost to Oklahoma State. They they really haven't beaten anybody out of conference. I mean, their best out of conference win was mm-hmm. Furman. They lost to Florida State, Oklahoma State, and Houston out of conference. They're not anywhere as good. No, as No, no, they're see. not. But like when we start looking at that schedule. And you point out, and then you get to yeah, the you point out that they only play certain teams once, and you know Auburn and Tennessee are both home games. Like that, that that gets a little problematic because Tennessee's schedule is so backloaded, and Tennessee is having to uh, play a little bit tougher. You know, and it, like the the last the last Sunday of of the season, 
last Saturday of the season. I mean, we have to go to Auburn, and they get Vandy at yeah. home. And it's like... As we're running a little bit man. of a gauntlet the last two weeks, they get they yeah, get A&M like, at Alabama, at Florida, Vandy. So, I mean, they... A&M and Vandy are layups. And that's after yeah. they play us at home at the end of February. That's a huge game. That might be for the conference. Yep. I don't know. I mean, like, they just they have the easiest path forward, obviously. Kentucky looks really, really good right now. I wasn't now. overly impressed with them beating that Kansas team the way they did. Like, they let Kansas, no, they let Kansas say, hang, hang around way too long. I will say that, like, Kansas is a shell of yeah. itself. I think it's fair to say. I mean, they they lost to that West Virginia yeah, team. That's what I'm saying. Like, like, I, like what else? I do you wasn't overly say? impressed I mean, with that performance. I thought they let Kansas hang around way too long. But the last couple of the now they they to me what was they the Auburn game they somehow let Auburn back in it. I don't really know how they like they should have they 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 didn't put the boot on the throat against Auburn when they should have and let Auburn come all the way back at the end of the game and, and have a chance to win. Um, they look a lot better than they did, though. We'll, we'll put it like that. I mean, they, look, they looked pretty bad there for a while, They but they've done the same thing they always do. They look bad, and then middle of January, they turn that corner, and then there you go. I think Cal, like, enjoys losing games in November and December. So, I, but you're right. Kansas isn't I mean, very good. But but Kentucky has right of the ship, and they look good. I still think Tennessee can at least get a split with them. I asked a question on the radio this week. If you could go ahead and lock in a split with Kentucky, do you do it? Yes. You don't try to go for the sweep. You just lock it in. I think you always lock in a split against Calipari. That's that that that's because, where like, I was at too. Like it'd be nice to go to Rupp and win because, again and sweep them. That'd be awesome, but it would really suck to lose twice to them. And that would really put you behind the like, eight ball as you try to win the conference and that probably opens the door for them to steal your your seating in the tournament. Mhm. Before last year, when was the last time we had swept them? 98, 97, 98. I thought it was even I thought it was further than that. Okay. I might be wrong. I, I thought it was further th- than that. Okay. I'm I thought it was like it going back to like the 70s is what I thought. Or maybe it was the second time since the 70s. I, you know, I don't know. Um, I'm looking it up. I thought we did. Okay, that was our last year was our first regular season sweep over Kentucky since the 1998-1999 okay. season. So it had been... It had been 19 okay. years. Um, so that to me says, let's just take the split and like they're a top 10 team. That's another win against a top 10 team added to our resume. Um, that would make three. So we'll just take the sweet. We'll just take the split, beat them at home um, and then try to finish up those last two games and win the, and win the conference regular season. It's just, it's really annoying to me. The LSU thing is really, really annoying to me. Just 
based on how they end up, our last five conference games right now are against mm-hmm. ranked teams. You know, and six out of our last seven are against ranked teams. Now, Auburn, by that time, they might not be ranked. Um, but one of LSU's last five conference games are against ranked teams. So, and that one is against us at home. Um, I don't really know what to make of Auburn. I don't know if they can. I mean, it would be cool if they would beat LSU here in a couple weeks, here in um, two weekends from now. But, like, they don't look like they can do Yeah, anything. no, it seems like they are going to uh, be like a 7-8 seed somewhere around there. Like, it seems like they're, it seems like they're free yeah, falling. I mean, they're already – they're already they're eliminated conference. from the conference championship, as far as I'm concerned. Like, I don't yes. think I don't think Tennessee is getting to uh, four losses. Yeah, it's it's, it's a wrap. It's a wrap, Bruce. It's a wrap. But I mean, they're just so boom or bust to me. Like the way they play is terrible. I hate it. Like I know. Like Tennessee did, I I just don't think maybe I'm blinded by bias that Tennessee played that way when we were so good under him, but like, man, it is ugly, ugly basketball, and they, I mean they they lost by eight last night, lost to South Carolina at home the the earlier in the week. I mean, they shot eleven of twenty one from three. For fifty two point four percent and lost and shot twenty one of twenty three from the free throw line and lost last night. How do you lose shooting that good? Um the against South Carolina, they shot seven of twenty five from three. They shot seven of twenty five from three against South Carolina. That is uh not good. South Carolina's not good. Like, I mean uh, I'm sorry, they're just not like if they were good, they wouldn't have lost to Oklahoma State yesterday. I mean, Oklahoma State is nine and eleven. Yeah, no, I think Tennessee's going to uh, to go in there and take care of business. Uh, you know, as we're trying to find, if we're as we're trying to find Tennessee's first SEC loss, Volstorm asks about that. Uh, I don't think it's South Carolina. Yeah, I don't think it's South Carolina. All year long, I've just had that Kentucky game circled as the first time Tennessee is going to be really tested inside the conference, you know, after Florida, especially. We said, mm-hmm. if you get through Florida, you should make it to uh, Rupp on February 16th. That's still my pick for uh, yeah. first loss. If it's not there, I'll go the uh, next Saturday against LSU. Yeah, my, my thing was kind of like, like after the Vandy game, I said, okay, it's time to at least get a little nervous about the team not like worried, but like, okay, guys, like that's enough. Let's, I mean, let's get it back together. Like it was so because like after the Alabama game, I was just like, whatever, it's one game we won. But like, you know, the second half of the Arkansas game was that way. Then the Alabama game went the way it did. And then Vandy was, we don't need to talk about it. But so I was a little nervous. But then after yesterday, I'm not, and I know West Virginia is really bad. It's not about who we played. It's about how we play on defense. Like, to me, it is mainly about this team just not getting bored. 
because they looked pretty bored for a substantial set of halves, you know. It's just like, just don't get bored. It's the mentality they play. Yesterday, I thought that mentality was back on defense. Like, Admiral and Admiral finally hit a three. I mean, Turner is as good as he ever was. I do not know what they did with Jordan Bowden, but he is the player that we wanted him to be, finally. And he looks awesome. Yeah, Tennessee looks good, and and, and I think you're going to see Pons just continue to lose minutes. I think Pons is going to fall out of the starting lineup for good. I think you're going to see him uh, really go back to, like, seventh man. He already kind of was, but officially, like, he might even get past... I saw Will Ward make the point that he might even get passed by Fulkerson. Because Fulkerson's good at rebounding. Yeah, and, and Fulkerson knows how to play basketball. Yeah, like, I don't... I, I'm back to questioning whether or not Pons knows how to play basketball. He doesn't. He doesn't. But, I mean, he's just a freshman. And yeah. Well, he's a sophomore. Is he? So, he didn't get a red shirt last year? He played some last year. He was he played in the SEC Championship last year. That's right. I totally... Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, no, he 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 got in. I he started he getting came in, the on at the end. I forgot he came in at the end of the season. Yeah, like no, for, I, some, I'm, for some reason we had him in the for some reason we had him in in the SEC championship against Kentucky, if I remember correctly. We did. I remember now, man. Him and James Daniel. Remember when we thought James Daniel was like going to fill it up? He did not. He did not. That's, that's suffice to say, he did not. Yeah, Pons got I, eight, I, Pons got eight minutes in the SEC championship last year. Okay. He went 0 for 1 from the field, uh, had one personal foul. That's the only statistic he he uh, recorded. Like, I, I'll say this. Like, I, I don't mind Fulkerson playing. What a, what an impressive end of last year for Pines. He played against Georgia, uh, went, you know, didn't shoot. Played against Mississippi State, didn't shoot. Played against Arkansas, didn't shoot. Played against Kentucky, missed his only shot. It's pretty impressive just to be out there and just not shoot. I think he grabbed one rebound in those games. <laughs> wow. Wow. He played four games in the year last year, didn't shoot except once, missed it, grabbed one rebound, and had a total of five fouls. Wow. For some reason, we had that guy in the SEC championship. No offense to Pons if he's listening. Um, I don't mind Fulkerson playing. I think he does his job well, and I think, like you said, he knows how to play basketball. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he's playing, like, 12 minutes a game right now or something. I mean, like, he's a good rebounder. I mean, he's one of the best offensive rebounders per minute in college basketball, which is which is hilarious. I mean, but, like, it, he's not terrible. No. I, like, yeah, you, you don't want him to ISO on the block. I trust him more than Pines. Like, he should be ahead of Pines in the rotation. You know, but like I didn't think Barnes would do it until Tennessee lost, but he went ahead and switched it yesterday because I think he realized that the team needed a change, and it worked out, and Tennessee played better, and I think moving forward, you're, you you have that uh, ability now to to go ahead and just keep doing it. Yeah, like it, no offense to Pond if he's listening, which he probably is. But like we had to make a change. To me, the surprising thing was that they didn't go back to what they had. They brought the reigning sixth man of the year in the SEC to the starting lineup and kept Bowden off the bench. I think Bowden's going to be the uh, SEC sixth man of the year this year. 
I think I think that it is safe to say at this point on January the twenty seventh, two thousand nineteen, Grant Williams is going to run away with SEC Player of the Year, and Jordan Bowden is going to run away with SEC Sixth Man of the Year. And Barnes still has a good chance to go back to back Coach of the Year. Like Will Wade, it would be a sham if anybody but Rick Barnes won Coach of the Will, Year at this juncture. Will right? Wade might. Will Wade might. They're six and zero. And Kermit Davis had a chance at Mississippi, but they've lost three of their last four. Maybe they're coming back down to earth. But yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a two man race right there. Yeah, I like will if say, L2 goes um, like sixteen and two or fifteen and three I in guess, conference, yeah. I'd say Will Wade probably gets it because Tennessee was a preseason top five team. Yeah, I mean, it really is true. Tennessee has six starters. I mean, we have three guys that play over twenty five minutes mm-hmm. a game. Um, and you know, Lamonte Turner right now is averaging the least minutes out of those six, but that's because he, he did play some games where he didn't play that much. Now, I mean, yesterday he played a ton of minutes and looked absolutely great. I thought he got us going on offense yesterday. Um, at least in my opinion. Talking about Lamonte? Yeah. Yeah. I thought he got us going yesterday. Um, agree. He just, man, I love his shot. Like it is when he makes so, it, it's so pretty. It just when drops he makes right it, in. It is, it is yeah, gorgeous. It just drops right in. Yeah, I mean, Lamonte Turner led the team in minutes yesterday with thirty-three. Lamonte Turner one hundred percent thinks he's the best player on the team. Yep. Which I, 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 I say that he thinks he's the best player on the court at all times. That's probably accurate as well. He thinks he, which he, I think he thinks good. he's the best player. Which I think is good because he's the one that hits the big shots. I mean, I know Admiral has this year. But last year, Lamonte hit the big shots. And some of that is just his mentality. Like, nobody's going to stop Lamonte at the end of the game. Um, like, Kyle only played 12 minutes yesterday. Um, but then, you know, we've seen that some games, Kyle is absolutely, you know, you, you cannot, he, he's priceless because he'll go out there and get you 14 and 17. Um Lamonte shot eight of ten yesterday. <laughs> now he was awesome. So, yeah. like we said, we think it's a three-team race for the conference, right? Yeah, and like Kentucky, like Kentucky's next. Um, at, Kentucky plays Vandy Tuesday, and then after that, they go at Florida, South Carolina, at Mississippi State, at LSU, Tennessee. That's a pretty rough. That's a pretty rough five-game stretch from. February 2nd through February 16th. There's three ranked teams in there, and also you're at Florida. Mm-hmm. They could drop. You know, that that they could they could drop some of those. I wish that they had LSU on the road, but then again, they're gonna get LSU a loss probably. So at least we're gonna get one 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 of those teams is gonna lose that game. On February the twelfth, yeah, it would have been nice. It would have been um, nice if Missouri could have took care, taken care of business yesterday. Would have been real nice. Would have been real nice if they could hold on to a fourteen point lead. An, uh, a shocking meltdown. A total. I don't even know what to say. I don't really even know how it happened, and I watched it. Like it. Like what were they doing? Did I? What is Conzo doing? Did I doing? miss any tweets from Pat Forty or Seth Davis talking about Conzo uh, and Missouri's collapse? Did I miss any of those? I don't follow either of those. I didn't see. I don't any. follow either of those on Twitter, so I didn't see them if they did. 
I, I didn't see any. I don't follow Seth Davis. I follow Pat Forty, but he's not going to say anything about it. I mean, they are one in five in the conference. Like, never, never mind the fact that we're number one in the goddamn country. Like, never mind, never mind that fact that Tennessee is the best team in the whole goddamn country. When do we get our acknowledgement for being right all along? Like, when do we get the hey, you know what, Missouri is underachieving. And me personally, like, I'm getting a little tired of talking to Seth Davis and Pat Forty. Can someone point me in the direction of some California basketball fans? Because I remember arguing with them, too. Can someone can someone point out some Cal basketball fans if there are any of them left? Because California, let me run down some California facts about uh, some facts about California basketball. This year, they are 0-8 in the Pac-12. They are 5-15 and overall. Do you know what that brings their total to over the last year and a half? You want to hear some Cal basketball stats? Over the last year and a half, Seth, they are 13 and 39. (laughs) They are 13 and 39. Do you want to know what their record is in their conference the last year and a half? You know, against against their peers who they judged themselves against? What would you guess? What would you guess? Whatever you're thinking, go lower. They're two and twenty-four in their conference. I, th- I was gonna say three wins. Go lower. Two, wow. Go lower. They are two and twenty-four. Who is their coach? I, I don't know. It doesn't matter who their coach is. They probably got some Donnie Tindall like reject there because what Conzo Martin does and what we said he does is that he runs your program into the ground and then he leaves before the check comes due. He, he he leaves before the check comes due. He got out of Cal before the absolute bottom fell out of it, and he left them in shambles. They are 2-24 in their last 26 conference games. They have two wins. Why King Jones is their coach? Whoever the hell that he is. He was a, an assistant at Cal from 2015 to 2017. He should have left. And he stepped in. wonder how he feels about good man Conzo Martin. I wonder how he feels about the program he left him in charge of. Con- I mean, when, when do we get some acknowledgement from that? Like, if Pat Forty and Seth Davis aren't going to do it, can somebody point me in the direction of some Cal basketball fans? Because I'd like to talk to them about like, it. Like, here's the thing. And you mentioned it. You said, you said, forget about the fact that we're ranked number one in the entire country. Even if UT went 26-9, and 13-5, and five, and tied for the conference regular season again, we would still be just as correct as we are right now that we're the number one team in the nation. Like, he is terrible. It doesn't even, like, Tennessee could have could be moderately successful and get like a six seed annually under Rick Barnes, and we would still be a million times right. We would still be one million times right. I mean, like, look at what has happened to Cal. Look at what happened to UT after he left. Like, Rick Barnes went 15 and 19 his first year at UT, then 16 and 16 his second year at UT, not to mention the Donnie Tyndall year. Tennessee, for three years, was the definition 
of mediocre. Cal is much worse than mediocre, but I'm guessing oh, yeah, no, Cal, Cal's got it way worse because Cal didn't luck into a Rick Barnes. And like I'm guessing Donnie Tindall's a lot better of a coach than than Wyking Jones is. Most likely. So like uh they're never- that, that, that's two programs that were completely derailed by this guy. Two and, like, the thing is, is that, that, like, you know, every year, like, every once in a while, you'll hear the same thing about one of Conzo's teams, is that, like, he will somehow hack together a roster that has some NBA players. Like, he did it at UT with Josh Richardson, and, and Jarnell played in the NBA, so he had two NBA guys. And Jordan McRae got a little bit of a sniff Jordan in McRae, the NBA so, as well. So we went to the Sweet 16 and almost met the Elite Eight and kind of got screwed over on the call. But, like, we we underachieved the entire year. We underachieved the entire year and got a sixth seed in the NCAA tournament. Like, um... No, we got an 11 seed. We had to. We were. We were in a play-in game. We had to be in a play-in game. We beat Iowa in overtime. I'm sorry. Yeah, and then we got a lucky draw of the worst six seed of all time against UMass. UMass. Um, somehow UMass was a six seed, and we got lucky. Derek Kellogg, who is now the head coach at Brooklyn, so you know he got in at 11 seed. Now the 2015-2016 Cal team. I don't need to remind you because you know, but they had Jalen Brown and Ivan Rab. Both, both were five stars. Jalen Brown was the number three pick, I believe. Yeah, they had number the number three pick overall. They, they had the number three class in the nation according to Scout. Number seven according to Rivals. Number tw- seven according to Twenty Four Seven, and number five according to ESPN. Brown and Rab were a five star on every single of the aforementioned sites. He was. Jalen Brown was the number three player in the nation, according to rivals, and fourth, according to 24-7. They got a four seed and got put out in the first round against Hawaii. Last year, I know Porter was hurt or whatever, but they had other pieces last year at Missouri. And Porter was back. Porter was Porter back was for the back. tournament. Porter was back, but they also had Jonte. And, you know, Porter came back. And the way they finished the season, they got to play the SEC tournament at home. They lost to Georgia in the first round of the SEC tournament. And then they lost to Florida State in the first round of the NCAA tournament by 13. He will not go back to the to the NCAA tournament for a while, would be my guess. Like, I just like some acknowledgement by somebody. I want somebody to be like, you know what? You guys were right. This Conzo guy, not that good. Not that good. I need. Can, can somebody get a Cal basketball fan on the line? I would like an apology from them, too, because they argued with us for years as well. Even though we told them, even though we warned them of what was coming, we told them, hey, get ready. You're going to underachieve, and then he's going to leave, and you're going to be shit. And guess what? It doesn't get much more shitty than 13 and 39 overall, 2 and 24 in your conference. Yeah. Like, honestly, what I would like is not even for people to say that we're right. I would just like Pat Forty, Seth Davis, Dana O'Neill, 
the little crew, I, would, I just want them to say Conzo sucks. I just want them to say Conzo Martin sucks. And they're not going to do it. They're not going to do it. And, and look, it's they, they've labeled us racist. They've labeled us as racist. And let's face it, they're rooting for the black coach. They're rooting for the black coach and Conzo Martin. I do the same thing. I feel like certain – I feel like black quarterbacks in the NFL get an unfair shake. I feel like black quarterbacks in the NFL get an unfair shake. I root hard, usually, for black quarterbacks because I feel like they have such a stigma against them. I want to see them succeed. But you know what? Eventually, I had to sit down and say, God, Jameis Winston, he kind of sucks. I defended Jameis Winston for a long time because I do think that he had an unfair stigma when people are calling him dumb, saying he can't read an NFL defense whenever he was really good at reading defenses in college, you know, in college football. He had a really high basketball or football IQ in in college football. But eventually I have to realize and sit down and say, you know what? Maybe, maybe he's just not good. Maybe he sucks. And like I said, him being a black quarterback originally made me feel like I had to defend him because I do feel like they have to deal with some racism and people putting unfair stigmas on them. Russell Wilson's great. Should have picked that black quarterback. But I had to realize Jameis Winston, he kind of sucks. But they're not going to do that with Conzo Martin. Like, so here's what I've done. I just typed into the search bar on Twitter, Conzo, and I went to latest. And we still have people, a lot of people carrying water, this one guy tweeted at Dave Matter, a beat writer from Missouri. Conzo has three guys who can dribble a basketball on his team. One was hurt and one has fouled out. Some of you need to calm down. God. It's um, Another guy, it's almost as if people are forgetting that Conzo turned a nine-win team to a 20-win team and an eight seed in one year without the number one recruit in the country. The same guy also tweeted, when Missouri make when Conzo makes the Final Four, I'm going to talk so much shit to UT fans. Is this the same guy? This is all the same guy? No, these are different guys, but th- this one guy, um, Tom Feichau or whatever, he said when when Conzo makes a Final Four, I'm going to talk so much shit to UT fans. Well, um, don't don't hold your breath. Don't hold your breath, Tom. Uh, we also have. Um, I don't necessarily disagree with Conzo being a good but not great recruiter. But you just named the four coaches at the four best programs in America. Conzo was very, very good last night. It was this is all the same guy. It was an incredible night by Conzo without one of his best players having to play Suggs major minutes against a super talented, legit team. Mizzou was an absolute hose job away from a win. Also, we adjusted and shredded the trap in the second half. This same guy says, I hope Conzo retires. At Missouri. Okay, we should have a rule. We should have a rule. That if you are up 70 to 56 with two minutes and 12 seconds left in the basketball game, no matter what happens, no, I don't care if it is a, a literal act of God coming down from heaven and changing the score, and, and do you don't get to blame the refs. An absolute hose job away from winning. I was you going to go one step to- further. I was going to say, you don't get to take away moral victories. You don't get to look at that game as, wow, Conzo did a great job, and that was a great performance. Yeah, we blew a 14-point lead with two minutes left, but that was a great coaching job. 
Okay, here's what Charlie at SC Mizzou said. I hope Conzo disregards the fans, fans in quotation marks. He is so right for Mizzou. I hope he stays here the rest of his career. Me too, man. Me too. I second that. I 100% agree. Let's keep Mike White at Florida. Let's keep Conzo Martin at Missouri. Yep. You you, you will have no issues with me. So, I I just, I don't know, like, and I, I understand you know, people, fans, fans should not have it held against them that they give a coach the benefit of the doubt for too long. Like, I know it's easy for me and you to say, but at the end of the day, these guys just want to win. And, like, these fans just want to win, and so they're just being biased, and they're just thinking that their their team, their school is going to do it. And so, like... But, like, I gave up on Butch Jones. I was done with Butch after... 2015 Oklahoma. Yes. I was listening to Sorry Georgia Dad. I have to go back and re-record all these episodes. But I found all of our old episodes. I just have to go back and physically listen to them and record them as I listen to them. And I was listening to that one, and we talked about being done with... You talked about being done with Butch Jones in 2015 Oklahoma. Although we did uh, talk about how we liked him falling to his knees after the Hail Mary and how he had kind of, uh, we'd kind of started liking him a little bit, um, which was funny to listen to. Oh, when he cried a little bit. When he cried on the field. We yeah, were on top well, of the world. Not anymore. Not yeah, we, anymore. Were, we were on top of the world there. Um, So, like, I get these, um, you know, these guys, like, but, like, at some point, man, come on now. You've got to give it up with Conzo. Like, how much longer can how much longer can this facade last? Like, they are one in five and ten and eight overall. Like, I don't care that they'd Porter probably is be out two again. and four. Yeah, they'd probably be two and four with Porter, like, or three and three at best. Like, they're not going to be much better with him. I mean, uh, and I know Porter's great. Porter would have been a first round pick. That's not the point. That's not the point. Like, but while we're, I, I wanted to go through this. I wanted to run through this while we're on, while we're talking about, because like, I honestly, I don't, I don't want to spend, I don't want to keep talking about Conzo it may, forever because we're the number one team in the nation. But like after last night, it was honestly too good not to talk about it. But I'm, I'm going to go through the teams that the California Golden Bears have lost to this year. They're five and 15. Oh, it's bad. I already looked at it. They have lost to Yale. They have lost to Yale, St. John's, Temple, St. Mary's, San Francisco, Cal Poly. No, they beat Cal Poly. I'm sorry. Fresno State. They lost to Seattle. Seattle. Who even knew there was a Seattle University? Seattle's 13 and 9 and 1 and 6 for 8th in the whack. Who even knew there was a Seattle University? Cal the Cal Golden Bears do. Joaquin Jones knows they found about out, Seattle University. They found out the hard way. I will say that looking at the whack, I also did not know that the Chicago State Cougars are in the whack. Uh, <laughs> okay, they are they are out of Chicago, Illinois. They're in the Western Athletic Conference. Random fact. 
Um, anyway, I will like to say while we're doing this that I was I meant to bring up earlier that I, I could I've yet to understand why Michigan State has been getting so much love. I think it's nauseating. Their best out of conference win is is Florida, and they lost to Louisville, who Tennessee beat by double digits. But um, they are down thirty-seven to nineteen at half to Purdue. So maybe that love affair will stop. Hopefully that love affair stops as they're getting hammered by Purdue um, right now on the road. So they were on a really long win streak, right? They're like one yeah, game they, behind us on win streaks, if I'm not mistaken. They haven't lost since the Louisville game, which was I think they have, um, I think they've won 13 in a row. We've won 14, they've won 13, I think. Okay. The Louisville game was November 27th. Yeah, so that that's about to end for them. And our last loss was um, probably right around that same time. It was like the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, November right? 23. Yeah, November 23rd. Yeah. So I mean, uh, they've gone a long time without a loss. They just really like their best out of conference win is at Florida. Let's blow through some patron questions right quick. If you want to become a patron, go to Patreon.com/slash Reads Ranch. Patreon.com slash Reads Ranch. Shout out to our new patrons, Tanner Carson. Love you, Tanner. Bradley King. Love you, Bradley. Bryce. No, Bradley. Bradley. Love you, Bradley. Sorry. Sorry, Seth called you Bradley. Bradley. Uh, Bryce, Kurt Singer edited his pledge from $2 to $5. I love Bryce. He knows I love him. He's a buddy of mine. Ron McKinnon went from 2 to 5 as well. Love you, Ron. All right, let's get to some uh, patron questions right quick. John Ard asked, Conzo uh, versus Penny, who would you rather have? To me, it's simple. I'd rather have Penny, even though Penny's a little bitch. I don't want, I don't want to go back in the Conzo. Uh, that's fine, yeah, sure. You disagree? No, I don't really know. I mean, I, I would say at least Penny's going to recruit. Yeah. I mean, Conzo will recruit for a little bit. I'd re- it just feels like it'd be a little bit cooler to have Penny as a coach. I mean, I don't, I don't think either one of them are going to be great. Obviously, we know Conzo's not going to be great. I don't think Penny's going to be great. I'd still rather have him, even though he's a little bitch. Volstorm asked, who's Tennessee's first SEC loss? We already got to that. Uh, Jesse asked, would you feel comfortable with Bowden guarding R.J. Barrett and Admiral guarding Zion if it came down to Tennessee versus Duke? I would I not. Guess. I would not. I, I, I don't. I'm looking up how tall RJ Barrett is right now. He's like six seven. He's six seven. Okay. Yeah, no, we're we're gonna be in trouble. Like Bowden has to guard RJ, but Admiral Admiral's got to guard Cam Reddish. Like that's the thing. Like if we put Admiral on Zion, who the hell's guarding Cam Reddish? Cam Reddish is six eight. Yeah, no, Cam Reddish is six eight with a jump shot. So like we got to put Admiral on him and have to hope that Grant can stop Zion, and that, that's gonna be a bad matchup because we know Grant Williams likes to foul. So I really think the only way we're going to be able to play Duke is to really go at them with a zone for a long time. You got to beat Duke with a zone defense. We talked about that yesterday when me and Will Warren did a basketball podcast uh, right here on this feed, if you want to listen to that. But I said you got to beat them with the zone. Gonzaga did it. Syracuse did it. Georgia Tech gave them troubles for a while with the zone. So they're not a very good shooting team. No, they're not. They're not. RJ really can't shoot. Cam Reddish is really their only shooter. Which I thought, like, hadn't Cam Reddish struggled a lot? I mean, I thought he had been struggling. I thought he hadn't. I thought he hadn't been near as good as the other two had been. I mean, those other two are leading the way for 
SEC player, or yeah, for national player of the year, excuse me. And yeah, yesterday Cam Reddish went one of 11, one for eight from three. Uh, so he hasn't been great. He's been, he's only 33% shooting threes, but, you know, against Florida State on the road when he had to kind of have that game. He made it. He, hit, he went five of eight, including the game winner. I mean, R.J. Barrett is averaging 24 points a game. Wow. So no, Reddish hasn't been as good, but he's still the best shooter between the three of them. Yeah, I mean, none, none of them can shoot threes. Their best three-point shooter is Alex O'Connell. No, I'm sorry, Justin Robinson. I don't know who that guy is. He's only played in 13 games. Okay, I know so. Cam's. I know Cam shoots about uh, 33%. R.J. Barrett shot th- shoots 31% from three, and obviously Zion Williamson doesn't shoot threes. He's shooting 27%. So, like, yeah, you have so to. They kinda, can't shoot. You have to kind of play them zone. So I don't. I don't like any of these man-to-man matchups. Yeah, I don't like this idea that like Duke is unbeatable at all. Like they have some holes. I think they're beatable. I, I guess you're just gonna have to play a zone against them. I mean, I, I still say just anybody but Gonzaga again, please. Just anybody but Gonzaga again. That remains my, my wish, if it came down to a Final Four. Just anybody but Gonzaga again. Anything else on the way out? Nope, that's all. I mean, uh, I feel better about Tuesday night now than I did as far as beating South Carolina. Like, I think we kind of got our our issues out of the way. Um, just, it, it's going to be an annoying game, I think. I, I really think it will be an annoying game. I mean, they're a very annoying team. They're going to really make the game ugly. Um, but you just, I mean, Silva's, they're just a very, I mean, they're going to do what they do, but I think we should be fine. There's no reason to lose this game. I mean, I feel, I feel a lot better about us than I did midweek. I felt fine about us midweek. I thought we were just kind of slumping. Um, it's going to get tiring to be number one and to be chased, but um, I mean, I still think we're really good. There was some meltdowns though, early in the game. Some of my boys were texting me, like, worried that we were going to be done in the round of 32. Like, yes, after yesterday, I was totally fine. Well, yeah, but, like, coming off of the Vanderbilt, coming off of Alabama, five minutes into the game, you're down 19-7. to seven. I had people texting me ready to jump off of, of a building. I was, I was very, very calm yesterday. I was cool. Like, um, I, the, the thing that matters, and this is all that matters, is that, one, you're going to hit a slump at some point of the season – Two, you want that slump to not be in March. And three, during that slump, you want to find ways to win games. So far, we're we're three for three. Cody Conrad, he, he's a patron. I want to get to his question. I just saw it. Um, if you were offered right now, would you take a guaranteed SEC tournament championship with a guaranteed Elite Eight? Or just play it out? Yeah, I'd take that. Elite Eight with an SEC tournament championship? Like it's guaranteed. Yeah, I'm gonna say that's your. We can still go. To no, the I'm gonna four. say I, I, he didn't word it that way, but I think he means that like you lose in the elite eight. I don't. Because otherwise, I mean, there's no. You would never say no if you're guaranteed an elite eight and a SEC tournament championship. If you still had a chance to make the final four like that, yeah, there's no reason you'd say no. So I'm gonna assume he meant that you lose in the uh, in the elite eight. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm not. You're gonna roll the dice there. This team can. This team can make the final four. You're gonna roll the dice. 
the last four games, including yesterday, obviously including yesterday, R.J. Barrett and Cam Reddish are a combined 13 of 54 from three, and Duke is one for 12 from behind the arc in the first half of yesterday's game. It's pretty bad. Elijah asked more beloved 2018 or 2008 team. I mean, I think this team, but I think this team is recency bias, so I can't really answer. There was one more. Uh, yeah, Thomas. Thomas asked about Howard Schultz running for president. Do you have any uh, thoughts on that? I, don't, I didn't know. I, who, I didn't know who Howard think, Schultz was. To be honest, that's the Starbucks CEO, is it? right? Okay. I think. I think. I think was the question like he's going to run as an independent? Independents are gay. He's going to run as some little loser centrist candidate. I think centrism is stupid and then hurt too. the Democrats and help Trump. I don't know about that. I don't know. I mean, the 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 center right is pretty pretty weak. There's going to be some guys that are going to flip. I mean, a lot of people voted for Evan McMullen, a CIA. Well, speech, I, I just so imagine that Howard know. Schultz would be running more along like the Democratic side, right? Well, he's going to run a socially liberal, conservative. Well, I mean, wouldn't that wouldn't that hurt? I mean, wouldn't campaign. that hurt whoever the Democrats run then? Because I mean, isn't that kind of what? But it's also going to hurt Trump because he's not a he's not a really a true conservative on economics. We're talking about a man that wants to nationalize. I mean, he got into a trade war over steel. That's not something that Mitt Romney would have done. Mitt Romney would have offshored everything if he could have. So like the, the chamber of commerce Republicans will like somebody like Howard Schultz and like the centrist Democrats will like somebody like Howard Schultz. Nobody else will. So he'll he'll pull equally from both candidates, basically. I mean, I I don't think it's going to matter okay. enough. Like either way. Okay, well, I just wanted to get you the question. Know. I'm more in it. I'm more interested to see how Bernie does this go round. He's I like he's going to hurt the Democrats. I would say. I like the old man. You're a big Bernie guy. I'm not a big Bernie guy. And you said you like um, the old man twice. I I think I think he's I think he's genuine, unlike everyone else running i think when bernie says something like he means what he wow, says Seth Hughes is a big bernie supporter burnhead i mean he's he's pro-family pro-worker anti-immigration like he's just he's really not that radical he just kind of got <laughs> kneecapped by hillary clinton <laughs> <laughs> uh, like many like many other politicians he ran into the clinton yeah, machine yeah so what can you say? What can you say? All right, Seth Hughes, I love you, my brother. I'll talk soon. I uh, appreciate the patrons. appreciate everyone who listens. If you need some coffee, you know where to go. Healthybeancoffee.com. Use the promo code RANCHGANG. Healthy Bean Organic Coffee. It'll help increase your endurance levels, your heart health, and your brain function, and a lot more. Healthybeancoffee.com. Promo code RANCHGANG. Seth, I love you. Have a good week, my brother. You too, buddy. Bye-bye.